everybody, this is Dating, Diet, Crime, and Diatribes. My name is Maddie, and I'm your host for today. Today's a little bit different than the way that we usually do things. Usually, I have Leslie next to me, so today's a little bit quiet. Also, today's going to be a bonus episode. It's not a full episode. You're probably rejoicing at that. You're welcome. But, if you listened to the last episode, you know that I threw a little bit of a tantrum there at the end because I couldn't remember what I wanted to say about linguistics and dating. Well, luckily for you... I remembered, and I wrote down a bunch of notes about it, so we have a bonus episode. But before I get into it, I just want to explain a little bit about how these bonus episodes are going to work, because Leslie and I have decided to start doing them regularly. So, we'll take a topic, might be related to to dating, to diet crime, to diatribes, who knows? And we'll just kind of deep dive into it. Um, We want to go through things that we find really interesting, that we aren't really experts in, but, you know that we really like. (laughs) The only thing that I can honestly say that I'm an expert in is Harry Styles. So there's that. And if you would like a full episode about Harry Styles and fan theories about Harry Styles and just random facts that I know, I would be happy to provide. But that's not today's episode, unfortunately, for you. Or fortunately, depending on how you feel about that. Today's episode is about semantics and pragmatics, which is a subset of linguistics. Um, it's something that I'm really interested in. This is what I want to get my master's and PhD in. I want to go into sociolinguistics. Um, so I really love it and it really fascinates me, but I am in no way an expert. So I just want to put that disclaimer out there to begin with. Not an expert. I've taken some classes on it. I really love it. I've read a lot of things about it, but I'm still not an expert. So if you want to know more, I would highly encourage you to read more about semantics and pragmatics and just linguistics in general check out some really cool sources. I can try linking some. Um, Also, you can DM me at any time if you want some good resources. That would be, I would love that. I would love to send you some stuff. So yeah, I'll just jump right into it. So if you listened to the last episode, you know that Leslie and I were talking about how linguistics can play into dating and, you know, all the different things that goes into that. And there's a lot, but The thing that I forgot that I really wanted to talk about were these things called felicity and sincerity conditions, Grice's maxims, speech acts, well, speech acts are felicity and sincerity conditions, um, and positive and negative politeness slash positive positive and negative face. I can speak. Um, But it really fascinates me. I also have some questions that I kind of have about the world of dating with linguistics and does it matter? Does it not? Does the way that we communicate really matter? And the way that, you know, we want to communicate, how does that play in with everything? That's something that really interests me. Hence the bonus episode. So (laughs) let's jump right in, shall we? Okay. So my first little tidbit is that linguistics can really help you understand the hidden meanings that people are saying and, you know, what they want to say in conversation versus what they're actually saying, why they're saying it, why they're saying it the way that they are. Um, Linguistics is a very broad field, and it's a fascinating field, and there's constantly things being discovered about it, right? I mean, there's so many things that goes into linguistics, I cannot even possibly begin to explain it all. But um, semantics and pragmatics, you probably heard somebody say it's just semantics. That is one of my biggest pet peeves, because semantics is so complicated right? It's the way that we say things, how we say things, what we're actually meaning. If you break things down, 
it has a lot to do with logic and I'm not going to, I'm not going to do a logic lesson. Don't worry. <laughs> but I mean, I can at a later date if you're interested in it, but you know, it's kind of cool. It's kind of like math, but with words, I guess. I don't know. It's really cool. That's the only math I can do. <laughs> anyway, so the first things that I wanted to get into are these things called felicity and sincerity condition. Well, sincerity conditions are a type of, um, felicity condition. It's, I have, I have some notes here, so don't worry. <laughs> also, Grice's maxims. I want to get into that. Also, if you hear a stray meow in the background, that would be my cat Toulouse. So, sorry about that. He just wants to be witnessed. But first, I want to jump into Grice's maxims. So, these are fascinating. I think that they're so cool. Um, so, there's a few different ones, right? Quantity is a maxim. So, there's four different maxims. Quantity, quality, um, relation, and manner. And... You're probably like, okay, why do these matter? <laughs> why are you talking about this? Matter? Be quiet. But they're really interesting. So when we break them down, quantity is also just information, basically. So it's, are you providing enough information to give the listener of the conversation what they need to know? Um, or are you not giving enough information, right? So it's, it's just kind of having a balance between too much and too little or just kind of the Goldilocks, right? You want just enough quality is truth. You don't want to say anything that you don't believe is true, right? So in other words, you don't want to say anything that you believe to be false. You're not lying. You're not, you know, anything like that. You also can't say anything that you're not able to back up by solid evidence and proof and, you know, science, <laughs> things like that. We've seen a lot of that over the last few years. I won't get into it, but I'm sure you can think of an example. Relation is exactly what it sounds like. It's relevance, right? Um, be relevant in the conversation. You don't want it to say a random thing that doesn't make any sense, right? Also, manner. So manner is broken down into a few different things. Manner means clarity, right? So you want to make sure that you're avoiding obscurity, avoiding ambiguity, that you're being brief, you're being orderly, those kinds of things, right? It's the manner of which you're saying things. Um, they're all pretty self-explanatory, right? You want to make sure that you're giving enough information, just the right amount. You want to make sure the way you're saying is truthful. You want to make sure that what you're saying is actually relevant to the conversation. And you want to make sure that it's clear, right? So they're pretty clear, but we don't really think about those things. And I just find it fascinating that somebody came up with them. I don't know. I just find this very cool. I'm trying not to fangirl too much because I love semantics and pragmatics. It's my favorite subset of linguistics. <laughs> okay, next. I want to get into speech acts. And these I think are so cool. Speech acts and positive face and negative face and positive politeness and negative politeness. They're so cool. I can't even explain it to you. They're so cool. I'm such a fangirl. Okay, so <laughs> you're probably like, Maddie, what are you doing? Be quiet. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You're listening to the bonus episode. It's fun stuff. So felicity conditions are things that both speakers have to do to keep the speech act going. And speech acts are you know, they could be broken down into a lot of different things. And I'm going to link some resources in the description so that you can read more about this stuff if you'd like to. It's definitely not going to be a ton of information, but it's just kind of like to get you started on stuff if you are interested in learning more about it. Um, I mean, I've taken multiple classes on this stuff and I still feel like I'm just barely scratching the surface. So don't feel like you're not an expert. I don't know. You know what I'm saying. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So anyway, there are three different kinds of felicity conditions. 
there are essential conditions, sincerity conditions, and preparatory conditions. This is so fascinating. Okay, so, <laughs> and it's all like such common sense, but we don't actually think about it until we break them down. So when you actually break things down, if we look at essential conditions first, that just basically means you're saying what you actually say and it's taken to be performative. That probably makes no sense, but I have an example. So let's say that you are talking to a teacher at school and you're talking about doing your homework, right? If you say, I'm going to do my homework, that means you're promising to do your homework, but the only meaning lies in what you're saying you're going to do, right? It's taken as a form of a promise. Your words are taken as the promise, nothing else, just what you're saying, right? So then we have sincerity conditions. That's when you mean what you say, and it's taken as an intentional and accurate representation of the speaker's wish for something. A little more complicated, right? But this is the intention behind something. You actually mean it. So if we take the same example, if you say, I promise to do my homework, you actually mean what you say, right? Your teacher is going to think that you are actually going to do your homework. But um, preparatory conditions mean that you actually can do what you say. There's a huge difference between what you can do and what you're able to do. That probably doesn't seem like it makes any sense. It's complicated. <laughs> can do means something that you're allowed to do, right? So able to do is the actual ability to do something. So like, I could bake a cake. I'm, I'm able to bake a cake, right? But, you know, maybe when I was really little... I wasn't allowed to bake a cake. So that's not something I can do. I'm able to do it, but I can't do it. Hopefully that makes sense. So if we take the same example, I'm going to do my homework means, you know, well, we have to have some context for that, right? You have to be a student in that teacher's class in order for that promise to actually be valid, right? If you're not actually in that teacher's class, then your promise to the teacher means nothing. So that's a huge difference between what you can do and what you're able to do. You're able to do the homework for that teacher's class if you're in that in that class. It's just, it's kind of complicated, but it's also really interesting. Another way to think of sincerity conditions is good faith, right? You're doing something in good faith, so you're being sincere about it. Anyway, hopefully that made sense. These are all things that I find really interesting, but I know that they're very kind of nebulous and <laughs> weird to think about, but I find them really cool. So positive and negative politeness. Hopefully I'm not going too fast. It's kind of a fire hose of information and I don't have Leslie here to help me kind of slow down. So I'm sorry about that, but positive and negative politeness. Now this is fascinating. You probably never thought about this unless you've actually taken a semantics and pragmatics class. And even then you probably didn't understand it very much because I definitely didn't the first time I learned about it. So positive politeness means you're trying to minimize the threat to the hearer's positive face. Let's just let that soak in for a second. <laughs> what does that even mean, right? Like what's positive face? What does that mean? I'll try to explain it to you <laughs> in the best way that I can. I'm not an expert in this at all, but I think it's cool. So positive face is basically just, you know, everybody has to, well, let me explain it this way. Face is basically your social value. Kind of weird. Kind of nebulous. Don't really understand that, right? So let's break it down a little bit. Positive politeness can go with, you know, it's all about making somebody feel good about themselves. 
highlighting friendliness, it's in order to avoid offending somebody else, right? You're doing nice things for somebody. It's positive, right? So it can be compliments. It can be jokes, um, memes even, to tie it back to the internet culture episode that we just did. Thanks, Patrick, for that suggestion. Um, it can be nicknames. You can have all kinds of stuff that ties in with it. Negative face is the opposite of that. Or sorry, negative politeness is the opposite of that. That's avoiding imposing on somebody else. So positive politeness is all about making someone feel good about themselves, while negative politeness is all about avoiding imposing on someone else. Kind of weird, right? It's also to avoid threatening their negative face. So everything that you do with positive and negative politeness is to avoid threatening their positive or their negative face. We'll break it down a little bit more. <laughs> I promise. Negative, I have some examples. That can be hedging, passive aggressiveness, pessimism, apologizing, and being indirect. Now, I can feel you saying, wait, hold up, with the apologizing thing. Let me explain. So, apologizing is all about trying to not impose on somebody else, right? It's not a positive thing to make somebody feel good about themselves. It's trying to fix something that you did or, you know, smooth things over. Maybe you didn't even do anything, but you're just trying to smooth things over anyway. It's all about trying to keep the peace, basically, or bring back a peace, have it reestablished, right? So that's why it applies to negative. So this whole theory of positive and negative face was created by Brown and Levinson um, back in 1978, I think. I'll link a study. They're fascinating. So they took the concepts of negative and positive politeness and created the concept of negative and positive face, which is what we use now. I mean, we use all of it, but, you know, this is how we understand it and conceptualize it. So that basically means, so face, if that, if face means the social value, then everybody has to cooperate and follow the rules to maintain face or to maintain the social value. So in order to have a nice, good, kind, friendly, you know, non-problematic society around us, everybody has to be contributing to make sure that that's going to happen, right? So what are the things that we're going to do to make sure that that does happen? So positive face. If it's threatened, it means that we'll feel embarrassed or ashamed or maybe triggered by something. It's kind of more, I think of it more as the emotional side of things. You know, positive politeness is all about you know, compliments and making people feel good and, you know, keeping the peace, keeping people happy, you know. But negative can be when, if it's threatened, it means that we're feeling offended or imposed upon. So positive face, a lot of the time you don't want to be imposing on somebody else. Negative face can be imposed on you. If I'm remembering right. <laughs> There's a lot with this. Um... I definitely recommend looking up some of these studies because they're dense, but they're really interesting. Um, yeah, anyway, so example of this could be, so the example starts with negative, right? And then it's going to go to positive. So if you said shut up versus keep quiet versus do you think you could maybe be a tiny bit quieter? I'm trying to study for my test and I'm just having some trouble focusing. You're really trying to not impose on somebody else in the last one, right? But the only meaning that you need there is be quiet, right? <laughs> like That's the only semantic meaning that you need to get the message across. Um, 
it's not very nice, but <laughs> it gets the message across. So, you know, it's all about how kind do you want to be? Do you want to kind of, if we're going to use negative politeness, do you want to hedge things? If you're going to use positive, do you want to compliment somebody? Um, it just kind of depends on what you want to do. So basically, why am I bringing any of this up? Why is it kind of important, I feel, to you to have this baseline knowledge of semantics and pragmatics in like the quickest crash course I could have possibly given that probably did not answer any of your questions, but hopefully it did. I really recommend reading those studies that I'm going to link or at least just looking up YouTube videos or something because they're probably going to have it a lot more than I will. <laughs> but why do I even bring this up? It's my theory. This is what I was going to say in the podcast. <laughs> it's my theory that the more that we understand the way that language works and the way that linguistics and semantics and pragmatics works, we'll be better communicators overall, right? Maybe you could argue for psychology, saying that if you understand psychology, you'll understand how people work. And there's probably truth to that. Yeah, I think there's definitely truth to that. Um, but I think understanding how language works and how people can communicate and how barriers can be crossed through language and communication, I think that's where we got to start, right? Because if you think about it, there's just, there's so much miscommunication. <laughs> so many relationships end because people don't know how to communicate, right? I mean, my own relationship ended that way because we couldn't communicate, right? Um, doesn't mean we're bad people. Doesn't mean that I have any ill will towards him or any hard feelings. You know, there's no hard feelings. But we didn't know how to communicate. And I think, I think it should be required for everybody to take a semantics and pragmatics class because it's so helpful to understand. Because when you have conversations with people and you really break down what they're saying, you understand a little bit more about what they're saying and why they're saying it. If they're apologizing profusely, if they're not wanting to be a burden to you, you know, if they're just saying like, hey, I'm so sorry, I'm could I possibly ask you if I could borrow a pencil? I'm so sorry, this is such an inconvenience. They're really not wanting to threaten your negative face or your positive face, right? You just, you got to break that down, right? It just, it's really helpful. And it makes you look at people, at least for me, it makes me look at people more human. I think that when we can see people as humans who maybe don't know how to communicate or are trying their best to communicate or they don't want to hurt you or they want to keep things light and friendly or, you know, maybe they're triggered or maybe they're this, maybe they're that. And you can understand maybe why they're saying the things that they're saying and the way that they're saying it. I think it brings the humanity back into relationships. Maybe that's my romantic point of view. That's totally possible, but that's what I feel. Also, since I want to be a sociolinguist at the end of this, right? That's what I want to get my PhD in. Obviously, I have a question, or not really a question. I guess it's more of a rhetorical question because I have nobody it bounces off with. But language barriers and stereotypes. Wow, do we have a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, it's just, there's so many, right? We always have these preconceived notions of people, and a lot of it is based off of language. I mean, some of it is based off of the way that they dress or the way that, you know, they act or where they're from. But ultimately, 
we are a product of our environment, right? So, well, there's other things to it, but a lot of who we are is a product of our environment. So if we can understand that and if we can have compassion for that and understand that people are different, right? They're not going to have the same mindsets as we do or they're not going to come from the same place. You know, maybe I'm from the West and somebody's from the South and, you know, we just, we communicate differently. There are things that I say that are different from what they might say. And for me, saying something might, you know, mean one thing and for them saying it might mean another thing. And understanding these things can really help. It can really help clear things up. I don't know if I'm making sense with all of this. I'm trying to conceptualize in my head while I'm talking and it's just, it's hard without having a (laughs) co-host. But I think that if we can understand and know about other dialects, other accents, other places, other everything, just regional differences, it can make it way easier to communicate with people and to tie this into dating since that's the whole point it can make dating a lot more feasible, right? It can kind of take the judgment out of it, or at least lessen it. Because when you know that there's really nothing scary about them, just because they're from some other place, we're not talking about, like, genuinely scary people here. Just putting that out there. (laughs) Talking about lovely people. (laughs) Then, you know, that really helps. So, to tie this back in with the whole meme culture thing that we were talking about before, There are definitely some outdated beliefs with language and language differences in dating. So can you fully understand someone if you don't speak the same language, even if that is just internet language? Should that be a deal breaker? For me, no. For you, maybe. I don't know. It really just depends. But for me, that's not a deal breaker. Probably because I'm a linguist. (laughs) And I just know that everybody's going to be different and come from different places. And, you know, I grew up in a very diverse neighborhood with people from so many different countries all over the world, right? So I was just so used to having people from all over and not really having a, I don't know, a set belief of one dialect or one place or anything you know it was just it was such a melting pot of people in my neighborhood growing up that it just it really kind of shaped me into who I am I think it explains a lot of how I view people but should it be a deal breaker I don't know I think for me there are bigger hills to die on than you know if somebody can understand the memes that you send them but maybe that is the hill that you want to die on I don't know It's not really a very clear answer for you. For me, it's less important that somebody speaks the same language that I do, whether that be Harry Styles fandom or, you know, a religious language or meaning, you know, they understand all the religious things that you bring up, um, or maybe even another language, I don't even know. Um, You know, it's less important for me with that stuff than it is that they're willing to work on communication, that maybe you've been having a rough time with some things. Maybe communication has been really bad for you in the past, but are they willing to work on it? You know, are they kind? Are they compassionate? Are they ambitious? You know, 
Those are the things that I care about more. So, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting question. I would love to ask Leslie next time we record if it should be a deal breaker if people understand the same language as you or not. For me, we're all going to speak different languages. It's just about the translation that we do to help connect with each other, right? So I don't know. You tell me. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Send us a DM. I would love to know. Maybe you totally disagree with me on every single thing that I've said on this. That's totally fine. Let me know. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Maybe you agree. I'd also love to hear your thoughts on it. But yeah, here's a little crash course in semantics and pragmatics. It was definitely not all-encompassing. Probably didn't make a lot of sense, and I'm so sorry for that. But um, hopefully it explained a little bit about the thought process. And hopefully you like these bonus episodes. We're going to start doing them more frequently. Um, Or I guess we're just going to start doing them. This is our first one. (laughs) But if you have requests of things that you would like to hear us talk about, doesn't have to be dating-related. Um, if it's just something that you're interested that we offhandedly mentioned in an episode and you want to hear us talk about that experience more, we would love to do that. We decided that we want to do this so people can actually hear stories and get to know us and, you know, have their questions answered. So if you have any questions you would like to have answered, please let us know. My name is Maddie. In the words of St. Harry, treat people with kindness. And the words of dating, diet, crime, and diatribes, date responsibly and chaotically. Bye! As a general disclaimer, all names and personal or identifying details of those mentioned in this episode or any other episode of this podcast have been changed for the safety and privacy of those involved. And because we don't want to out anyone or get sued. You know?